to this episode of Law Girl. I'm Jasmine Dea coming to you from my personal injury law firm, Jasmine Dea & Company, located in Midtown Toronto. Joining me today is Ryan Hunter. He is a partner at Chittas Pathic, and he is in their business law group. His practice focuses on the areas of corporate finance, mergers and acquisitions, private equity, and venture capital financings in various industries. Ryan's practice also includes advising public and private company clients on ongoing securities and corporate law requirements. Also exciting to me is that Ryan went to Queen's Law, but of course, several years before me. Absolutely. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks so much for joining me today. Well, thanks for the invitation. Glad to be here. So, Ryan, before we delve into all the questions about what it is you do, I'd love to know why you decided to go to law school. What inspired you? Well, I have a, a politics and history degree, so uh, like a lot of people in that, you, you need to do something after that. And uh, I was interested in business, but not really the numbers. So I thought corporate law would be a good day to combine the, the business knowledge with also dealing with people. So I thought law would be a good thing to do. Do you have any lawyers in your family? Uh, one of my uncles is, is a lawyer, yeah. So did you chat with him? I did a bit, uh, but I'm more of a figure out my own kind of guy. So um, I did talk to him a little bit, but you, you got to go through the trenches and stuff. So Did he try to suggest not going into law? Uh, he didn't suggest not to, but he did point out a few of the pitfalls. You know, it's it's as we both know, it's not like you see on TV. There are a lot of... Um, onerous aspects of the job but I you know pointed out the good and the bad but I think in retrospect what he told me was quite honest I understand what it is like when someone asks you about going to law school because as much as I love it you're right it's not what we see on television it's not always as glamorous or maybe ever (laughs) as glamorous no no not at all and uh, is especially in what I do. I mean, what you do, I think people would more understand. But I think if you filmed my office some days when I'm working on a uh, a big contract or something like that, it, w- it would bore people to tears, to be quite honest. So True, but you do have a gorgeous boardroom. I've seen it and it's gorgeous. And that is like suits worthy. Yes, that is undeniable. Yeah, we moved about two years ago to that space. So we're, we're quite happy with it. So tell me about your area of practice now. What do you do day to day? How do you explain it to the average person well i i kind of i help two sorts of companies i guess um one would be uh public companies those are the ones that trade on the stock market and they have all kinds of requirements under securities laws and probably the more interesting aspect of it is helping uh, private companies and that's small businessmen um people own restaurants or bars or other small uh operations like that, just helping them deal with various things, whether it's raising money, uh, buying new assets, selling their companies, dealing with banks, dealing with landlords, things like that. So that's probably the more interesting aspect of what I do. And also because just it's a wide range of industries. So you don't just get the law part, you get whatever else they're involved in, which which I found quite interesting. So I understand who your clients are. Uh, let's stay away from public because that's, you know, this whole... yeah other area but some of the the private companies so for example if someone were to purchase Pravda (laughs) (laughs) random example random example you know what would they hire you to do well, they well would, just for the record, you're not my lawyer, by yeah. the way, but I'm just using that as an example. Um, so yeah, what would what would we do? 
Well, you sort of have an overarching agreement, which is the purchase agreement. And that sort of sets out all the various things you need to cover. I mean, obviously, the most important thing is the money. Um, you want to make sure you get what you're paying for on both sides of it. So it's looking into the various nooks and crannies, like I said, to make sure that the person buying it gets what they think they're getting, being a restaurant, a bar, or any other sort of business. And then, of course, on the other side of it, the person um, gets their money and, and they get it in a timely and efficient manner. So you have this big agreement, the purchase agreement, that sort of sets out all the various little things you have to look into. And, you know, some people call it due diligence, which is just really doing your homework as a lawyer to make sure that both sides come away happy and, and everyone gets what they, what they think they're getting. So with the purchase agreement, are you the one that is helping to compile the documents or is that left to uh, the purchaser or the seller? Who's doing all this? Normally, it would be the purchaser that would do it. Sometimes it's the seller, but normally it's the purchaser and their lawyer that drafts it. And, and I get involved as much or as little. Some, some clients are, are quite sophisticated and they like doing things on their own or they like to save a bit of cash, in which case I just kind of look over their shoulder and weigh in where needed. Or other clients just want to totally me do everything and they just want to hear when you can come to that nice new boardroom you're talking about mm -hmm. and sign so they're you know and i'm happy to do both it just depends on the situation and the client and and the sort of business they're in so you are helping from beginning to end that's right yep and as issues arise with the purchase or sale you do both sides right that's right yep so as issues arise, you would be there to help tackle those issues. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, you, and you say the beginning till the end, and you know, sometimes people come with sort of a, a pre-drafted agreement. They've already agreed on all the significant terms at the other side, and they say, Ryan, can you deal with this? And sometimes the terms aren't great, but it is what it is. So you come in at various points in the process, but you're right. You got to put up the fires and make sure everything goes smoothly um, and get to the finish line. We were talking before we started recording about how they don't really teach us this stuff at law school. So how did you fall into this particular area? You talked a little bit about, you know, you'd like the idea of business. Yeah. But how did you get into this particular area? I was, I was at a big firm uh, before I was at my current firm. So I, I did a lot of um, a big national, I did a lot of very big transactions. But then when I got to my current firm, I was able to do some more of this, more of these sorts of things because when I was at my old firm, that just wasn't what they did. Um, it, it's outside of their, their meal ticket, their bracket. So I wasn't able to take on those sorts of files. So that was one thing that was very gratifying coming to a new firm if friends or, or people I know, um, acquaintances wanted to do these so-called smaller types of deals, I was able to do it, no questions asked. And, I, and I've quite enjoyed doing that. So it's been a good compliment to my existing, you know, so-called big public company practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and between the public and the private, so what are some of the differences? I don't want to get too, you know, technical, too high level, but what are we talking about in terms of your time and the type of work and the differences in a simple manner. I, I would say the biggest difference are the personalities. With a public company, you're going to get a CEO and a CFO, you know, who's probably a former accountant, and, and they understand things, you know, very buttoned down, so-called corporate world. Whereas the private companies, you get your uh, 
sometimes you get some real cowboys, right? I mean, these guys are, <laughs> yeah, these guys are individuals and they, they have a, usually intense knowledge in one area. And sometimes they don't know all the ins and outs. So you get some real personalities in with the private companies, which I quite enjoy because you kind of get to know these people quite well. And they almost become friends as you deal with them through the inevitable ups and downs of, uh, of their business. So I would say that's the big difference um, is the personality perspective between the two. Well, on that note, tell us about a crazy story that has occurred through your career. You don't have to name names with yeah, clients, well, but one, yeah. one one interesting one, and, and talk about your characters is a client. He was a, he was a concert promoter, and he had done some big ones back in the day, and now he was just trying to start up again. So it was that was terrific dealing with him. Um, you know, because we'd be meeting all hours of the night because that's when his concert would be going on. So you'd meet some of the various promoters and the and all the liquor salespeople and things like that. And uh, I remember once he even used our uh, used our boardroom to basically auction his very various hostess girls he wanted to use. He said, "Can we use your boardroom?" And I was like, "Sure." I didn't realize he'd be doing that. So I got some funny looks from our receptionist. It's not the usual people to see walking through there. So I think that's a good example. Of and just, you were there, of course, as his lawyer and for no other purpose. It, just his lawyer. I, I didn't even know he was doing that. I, I, I did see a, a few of the people he was parading through and I was like, geez, I don't know if this is what our law firm signed up for. But I don't know if your wife would like that. That's a, it's a good point. But it, it was all on the level <laughs> as a lawyer. But that, that was a good example of uh, you meet some real characters. And this is a he's a good businessman and a funny guy. So that was a good example. Did you get of some, to go to any concerts? I did. I went to, went to all of them. Unfortunately, uh, he got things ramped up right before COVID. Uh, so it's, that's, that's been on hiatus for the last few months. Okay, so let's talk about COVID. So COVID has changed things for your area of practice? It, it has, absolutely. Like it has for everyone, I imagine. Tell us in your area of practice how it's changed. Just even, you're not dealing with people as much. I used to, you know, you'd meet with people in the boardroom to close or just to discuss ideas. And now it's more through email or phone, which which was kind of headed that way in any event. But to me, that that's very unfortunate because like, like I said, a lot of these private company guys, these characters, it's fun meeting these guys and talking about stuff and hashing stuff out at a bar sometimes. So, so that has been unfortunate. I... In litigation, which is a little bit different than what you do, some of the simple matters that can be done virtually, whether it's signing documents, uh, swearing simple affidavits, things like that, I think it's great that we aren't meeting in person because it wastes a lot of time for everybody. Yep. Um, but then with oral advocacy, I think that when you're staring at a screen and you're not in person um, or with some clients that may need a little bit more handholding, I think we're losing something when we don't have the human to human connection, when you're not in the same room. Do you feel that way in your area? I, I absolutely do. And, and even before the pandemic, I would always prefer a face-to-face -face meeting over a phone call and a phone call over an email. That's kind of always how I've enjoyed it. And so I agree with you. And this has just obviously made things worse and I understand things have to happen that way. But you, it's a different dynamic when you meet people face-to-face -face, like, as opposed to Zoom or over the phone. So I agree that and it's something's been lost and I hope we can get back. But like both of us don't know when that's going to be. Mm -hmm. So I, I completely agree on that front. In terms of day-to-day, -day, what was your day like before as a practicing lawyer versus in COVID world? 
it, it, it hasn't changed that much because my, my days are very dependent on what comes up. A lot of the time I'll, I'll show up to work and it might be like you with the, you know, I have to do this, this and that, but then things come up during the day. Clients, you know, a crisis will come up or they need something reviewed oh, yeah. or want and to chat about. And you look at your to-do list and you accomplish nothing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I found that actually hasn't changed that, you know, this, you're still getting the emails and the calls about this or that. So that hasn't changed that much, but, but I like it because it keeps the day varied. I'm not working on one or two things. Sometimes I work on eight or nine things. And as you mentioned, it's a bit frustrating that your to-do list doesn't get tackled, but at the same time, it makes the day go by uh, quickly and very interesting as well. So in terms of post-COVID world, because COVID will end, I yeah. keep saying, I keep preaching to everyone, one day, we don't know when, although depending on, you know, which news article, you know, some places apparently already have a vaccine, <laughs> but, um, you know, post-COVID, what do you foresee for your area of practice? I think my area of practice is to a large extent dependent on the economy. And the economy has actually been doing quite well. The stock market's doing quite well. So that is one thing that's not necessarily COVID dependent. Um, I do unfortunately think my practice will become more virtual. I think we're going to see more, uh, you know, less meetings like we had to close things. And it's going to be more done by emails and wire transfers as opposed to handshake and boardrooms and checks. And that's a trend that started before COVID. And I think COVID has sort of accelerated it. So I see that is going to be a big part of a lot of people's practices as more things are going to be virtual, which I don't enjoy as much, but that's that's just the way the world is going, COVID or not, I think. You are located in the downtown core, downtown that's right. Toronto. That's right, yeah. Which is pretty much a ghost town right now. It is. It's it's uh, it's a bit spooky. I'm back full time now, but I was I was still going twice a week um, until you know during the spring and over the summer, and it was hard to find a place to buy get lunch. Like there's these food courts down there in every office tower. Um, they were all closed, so I remember the first time I went down there, I was scrambling around just to get a lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. It, it it it's spooky. You know, it's usually so vibrant down there, especially with if there's a game on, the Raptors, the Leafs, the Jays, a concert. You'd see everyone milling around, and it was. Um, and I drove. I never. I live in the west end of the city. I normally take the subway because I'd be spending hours in my car. But I remember the first time I went down there, it, it took me 13 minutes in my car. Oh, nice! Exactly. And I was like, "Wow, it's, this isn't <laughs> the way it normally is." Yeah. The only benefit. <laughs> yeah, that that was about the only benefit I can think of. Yeah. Yeah, but otherwise, it's kind of sad. Very sad. Even I, I personally thought things would pick up after Labor Day mm-hmm. with kids back in school and all that. But I think with the COVID upsurge again, it, it still feels like it did in the summer. Mm-hmm. which is unfortunate, but we just don't know when it's going to recover. So do you think that your firm will maintain a physical space? And if so, will it maintain a physical space in its current location? That is an excellent question. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, we just moved into our new space. Uh, we did a lot of work to renovate it. Uh, about and you're two, probably trapped in the lease. Yeah, exactly. About two years ago. So would we have done that now? That's a good question with everyone working from home and, and you know, those nice, new, beautiful boardrooms rarely used. People aren't coming in and stuff. And, and as I said earlier, that looks to be the trend of the future. So that is an excellent question as to how us and other law firms are, are going to evolve going forward. I personally think there still is the need to as a corporate lawyer to be down there at King and Bay because that's where the players are. That's where most of our clients are. Either their businesses are, they're getting their financing there. That's where the investment bankers are, the accountants. So I personally think as a corporate lawyer, it is good to be down there. Stock exchanges are down there, which is the other half of my practice. But I I think a lot of people are reevaluating that. And uh, for litigators, 
is it as important to be down there? Uh, you could answer that better than me. Well, but we're going all over Ontario. We were. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, where I'm stationed doesn't really matter. And yeah. in terms of me being downtown, I can tell you for my clients, my injured clients, being downtown is the worst place for them. They can't navigate it. They're already having, um, you know, anxiety from what they're dealing with from their injuries and accidents. And so, you know, we don't want to be downtown, but my midtown location is perfect, I think. <laughs> yeah. And it's expensive getting down there too. It's oh, busy. Yeah. We were talking earlier, the, the, the parking fees and the traffic. So yeah. So I can see all of that. So mm-hmm. yeah. So you might be ahead of the curve there. Yeah. And I am not <laughs> moving because we also just moved here almost a year ago and no plans to move. I like it. So no, it's a nice space <laughs> and you're, and you're close to public transit as well. That's right. Yeah, so everyone can get here. And yep. yummy restaurants. That's true, yep, yep. Anyway, Ryan, thanks so much for joining me today. It's uh, been a pleasure chatting about your area of practice. No problem, glad to be here. 